I want to talk to you from this title today, How to Overcome Your Giant Problem. How to Overcome Your Giant Problem. I want to preach from a very familiar portion of Scripture, but don't tune me out today because I believe I'm going to give you some insight into God's Word that you may have not ever come to your mind before on how to overcome a giant problem. If you have a Bible, would you turn it with me? First Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. Come on, where are my people with my paper Bibles at? Just wave that paper Bible in there like you just don't care. Woo, I like my paper Bible people. Yes, yes, yes. All of you with the glow Bibles, go ahead and light up your phone. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's look at God's word. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17 quite a bit today as we teach God's word. If you're new at People's Church today, we are a Bible-believing church. We believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. We preach and teach from God's word. 1 Samuel 17 chapter 4, uh, verse 4 says, Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. Goliath stood about nine and a half feet tall. And the armor he was wearing weighed about 125 pounds. Verse 8 goes on to say, out of the New Living Translation, or, or excuse me, out of the NIV Translation, says Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Think about this. Is your giant overcoming you or are you overcoming your giant? Verse 11 says, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. The New Living Translation says they were terrified and deeply shaken. And whenever we're facing a giant problem, it's easy to become terrified or deeply shaken or dismayed. Think about this today. Is there a giant that you're facing, a big problem that you're facing that has you a bit terrified, that has you a bit dismayed or deeply shaken? Is there a giant problem that's keeping you from seeing your dream become a reality? Is there a giant problem that you're facing that is robbing you of peace, that is robbing you of joy, that's robbing you of your mental health? Is there a giant problem that's keeping you bound? Is there a giant problem that's keeping your family trapped? The raw reality is I think the vast majority of us are facing some type of giant in our life. And we need to overcome the giant that we're facing. Here's what I want to do right now, a little audience participation. Right now, I want you just to quietly to name the giant problem that you want to overcome. Come on, I want you to get it in your mind. I want you to say it under your breath, that giant problem. I want you to name it today. Maybe as you look at the economy and gas prices and inflation, your retirement account, you're, you're, face, you're just facing this giant of fear, fear of the future, fear of what's going to happen. Maybe your giant problem is at work, it's, it's with your business, it's in your finances. Maybe your giant problem is a marriage problem, a, a dating problem, a problem with, with, with your friends 
friendship, a problem with one of your children or, or grandchildren. Maybe your giant problem is a burden that you're carrying around. Maybe it's the giant problem of, of sin that is weighing you down and, and the addiction that is eating you alive. Maybe it's a giant problem of a decision that you're wrestling with and you don't know which decision to make. You don't know which way to go and it's heavy on you today. Whatever the giant problem is, I want you to name it today because here's what I want to do today. I want to teach you to overcome your giant problem. For all of my note takers, come on, get your pen out. Get some notes. Get your phone out. Don't go on social media. Don't text anybody. Come on, take some notes today. I want to teach you today. I said, Pastor, Pastor, I don't have any giant problems. All mine are little. Well, keep living, and you're going to have a giant problem, so take some notes today. Come on, church. I want to help you overcome giant problems. I want to give you five strategies to overcome your giant problem, five strategies from this story to overcome your giant problem. Number one is this. Face your giant. You will never overcome a giant if you don't face it. The Israelite army was not overcoming their huge giant problem because they kept procrastinating. Notice this, 1 Samuel. 17, verse 16, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. Come on, have you ever had a giant problem just strut in front of you? Just, that, that problem strutting in front of me. For 40 days and 40 nights, the Israelite army never faced this giant. 80 opportunities to face the giant, and yet they just kept delaying it. They just kept Putting it off and procrastination is the habit of putting off until the day after tomorrow what should have been done the day before yesterday. Procrastination makes easy things hard and hard things harder. Why do we procrastinate? Why don't we face the giant that is holding back our life? I want us to learn from the Israelite army. It goes on to say in 1 Samuel 17, verse 23, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. The Israelite army did not just procrastinate. They ran away from the giant that was keeping them from experiencing victory. And some of you are not facing your giant. You're procrastinating and you're running away from your giant. You're unwilling to, to face it. You're unwilling to deal with the giant problem. Maybe you're, you find yourself scared. Maybe you're, you're, you're fearful and you just keep running away from your giant problem. Some of you, you're, you just keep making excuses of why you're not going to face the giant. Well, well, you know, it's, it's not that bad. Well, it's just too big. Well, I, I could never win. Well, I'm hoping somebody, somebody else will take care of the giant for me. And you're not facing the giant because of excuses. Some of you are not facing the giant because you're pretending like you don't have a giant problem. You're in denial. Everybody else around you see that big old giant. You're talking about what giant? What you talking about? It's not that bad. It's not, it's not, really, it's not really affected me. 
Come on, what, you, you, you gotta stop procrastinating. You gotta stop making excuses. You, you gotta quit living in denial and pretending like your giant's not there. And you have to learn to respond like David responded. You gotta face your giant. Notice in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 32, it says, Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. David said, I'm going to go face the giant problem that is making our life miserable. And today, I'm hoping the spirit of David jumps on you today. And you'll say, I'm going to go face that giant. I'm going to go fight that giant. I'm determined today not to continue to live in procrastination, to keep making excuses, to keep sitting on the sideline, to keep running away, to keep saying, well, that giant's not really real and living in denial. No, I'm going to go face the giant. I'm going to go have that difficult conversation. I'm going to go put some distance between me and that person who's hurting me. I'm going to go get some boundaries in place with my family who keeps invading my life and causing problems in my marriage and with my children. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to deal with this giant. I'm going to go forgive. I'm, I'm going to stop blaming other people for where my life is. And I'm going to take extreme ownership and do something about my situation. I'm going to get out this debt and get some financial breakthrough. I'm going to get myself out of this abusive, abusive situation. I've been neglecting my kids, and there's a giant problem between me and my kids, but I'm going to engage and begin to talk and work on my relationship with my kids. I'm going to stop screaming and yelling at my spouse and sit down and start working through these problems together. I'm going to stop hanging around people that keep pulling me away from Jesus. I'm going to face the giant. You'll never overcome a giant that you will not face. Number two is this. Number two is this. How, how, what's the second strategy to overcome your giant? Number two, lead your emotions and don't let them lead you. David encountered all kinds of emotions, but he led his emotions well. And that was key to him overcoming his giant. David faced the emotions of fear. 1 Samuel 17, verse 23 through 24, it says, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran. Come on, everybody, shout all. Yeah, they all ran from him in great fear, including David. Like all of us, David dealt with the emotion of fear, and for a moment, he started running like everybody else because he was dealing with the emotion of fear and he realized I've got to get in control. i got to start leading my emotions if I'm going to deal with this giant. He also dealt with the emotions of discouragement. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 28 when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men. He burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those Few sheep are you doing, David, is taking care of those few little sheep in the desert. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is now. Now, his older brother, he has the ability to see people's hearts. You came down only to watch the battle. That's why you came down here, David. You just came to watch the battle. Y'all better be glad I'm not David. I just said, big boy, what you been doing the last 40 days? I didn't make the Bible, though. I didn't, I didn't make it in there. But, but David's oldest brother was condescending. 
he was questioning David's heart and his motives. I mean, that's discouraging to hear your own family, to hear your big brother talk to you like that. He encountered the emotions of feeling overwhelmed. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 38 and 39. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And then we jump to this next little line real quick and don't really get ourselves engaged in the text. But it goes on to say, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. But I want you to imagine being a teenage boy and the most powerful man in the nation, the king of Israel says, okay, I'll let you go fight him. I'm a trained warrior. I'm a soldier, David. And you got to wear this armor. And David's like, okay, I'll put it on. That's a little bit overwhelming. Like, I don't know if I can walk. He's walking around with me. How do I tell the king? I don't, I can, can I really tell him? I, I can't wear these. I can only imagine how he's feeling overwhelmed. I can only imagine the mental games thinking, I don't think I can wear these. Do I tell him, God, maybe, maybe I just shouldn't go fight that giant because I don't know if I want to tell King, King, King Saul that I can't wear these. I mean, this, this young man is dealing with some emotions. He's dealing with this overwhelmed feeling. I mean, David encountered so many emotions. He had the emotions of feeling inadequate and intimidated. Notice this in 1 Samuel 17, verse 41. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David. There you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here. Come over here, boy, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. This huge giant was speaking intimidating words to David. Here's what I want you to catch. David had so many emotions he had to overcome and he had to lead through before he was able to face his giant. People's church, hear your pastor. If you're going to face your giant problem and overcome it, you have to lead your emotions well. Some of you are not attacking your giant. You're not facing the giant because you're just overwhelmed by your emotions. Your emotions are all over the place. Or your emotions are distracting you from the real problem, and you're just overwhelmed. Ah, just, ah, ah. Your emotions are everywhere. Here's what I've learned about myself. I teach this to our staff. I teach these to, this to leaders across the nation as I'm, as I'm in, in conferences teaching. Listen, the hardest person to lead is yourself. You got to learn to lead you well, to lead your emotions well. Take control of your emotions instead of allowing your emotions to take control of you. You have to learn to lead your emotions well. I, I want to speak this over somebody. You don't have to be a person driven by anxiety and worry. You don't, you, you, you don't have to allow your emotions just to run wild. You don't have to be controlled by anger. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says, in your anger do not sin. We all get angry. Come on, lift your hands at every location if you get angry. Those of you that hands not lifted, you're lying or you're just too tired to lift your hand today. But, but we all, we all get angry. We all deal with the emotion of anger. You can't change what you feel, but you can change what you do. You can be angry and not sin. Oh, you don't have to react in anger and send that hateful text. You don't have to speak those harsh words and in that harsh tone to people. 
You don't have to give everybody a piece of your mind. You don't have to have that attitude and snap your neck and tell folk off. You don't got to cuss people out. The devil didn't make you do it. Your, your anger is out of control. You, you got to lead your emotions well. You, you don't have to be controlled by fear. You don't have to be controlled by fear. The scripture says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Yes, we all deal with the emotion of fear, but we don't have to be controlled by a spirit of fear because the Holy Spirit, the spirit God has given us as Christ followers is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given you a spirit of fear, nor a spirit of discouragement, nor a spirit of being overwhelmed, nor a spirit of feeling inadequate, or nor intimidated. God has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Say this with your pastor. Everybody say, I have a sound mind. Come on, every location, everybody say, I have a sound mind. Yes, my emotions don't have to lead me. I can lead my emotions. I have the Holy Spirit. I've got power. I've got love. i got a sound mind. My mind don't have to go cray-cray. I don't have to follow every emotion. I don't have to follow every desire. I don't have to pop fly off the handle. I don't have to be overwhelmed. I have a sound mind to go deal with the giant that's before me. Let me give you the third strategy to overcome your giant, just look at your neighbor and say, I know this is for you today. Go ahead and tell them, I, I know. I know the Lord brought you here today. Number three, number three, number three. I'm going to teach you how to overcome your giant. Number three, do the little things like they are big things. Do little things like they are big things. Notice this in Luke chapter 10. Let me take you to the New Testament. Then I'm going to take you to the life of David. So many people overlook this principle. So, so many people, the secular world talks about this principle, but yet many people overlook it and wonder why they can't defeat their giant. If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest or unfaithful in the little things, you won't be honest. You won't be faithful with greater responsibilities. And David was able to face the giant problem and overcome it because he was faithful in the little things. Je Listen, you got to be faithful with your work. Let me take you to, to, to David, 1 Samuel 16, verse 11. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? He showed up at Jesse's house. God sent him there, saying, the next king is, is here. And he went through all the brothers, and none of them were the king. And so he asked his father, are these all the sons you have? He said, well, they're still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats, tending to the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down until he arrives. Long before David faced the giant named Goliath, he has been faithful to work hard with the sheep right where he was. You see, the best preparation for tomorrow's giant problems is to do your best with today's little problems. Tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. People's church, be faithful with the sheep problems so you will be prepared for the giant problems. Are you working hard right where you are? Are you giving it your best? 
are you taking care of the sheep like David was taking care of the sheep? I don't know why all his other brothers were not taking care of the sheep. I, I don't have any idea. But they were in the shade drinking lemonade while that brother was out there working, being faithful. Are you cutting corners? Are you slacking off? Are you barely getting by? Are you lazy with the little things and then hoping to defeat big giants? You got to do the little things like they're big things. Number two is this, be faithful with your serve. David was prepared to overcome his giant because he was faithful with his serve. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. This is where Samuel anointed David with oil and the spirit of God came powerfully upon him, that scripture says. And what I want to draw your attention to is after David was anointed to be king, after the spirit of God came upon him to be king, if you read the following verses, he goes right back to serve the sheep. He wasn't too anointed to serve sheep. His title as next king in waiting didn't cause him to get the big head that he was too good to go work with the sheep. He went right back there and served the sheep. And then after that, King Saul, King Saul, he hears about this guy named David because he's dealing with this demonic spirit as he's, as he's king of Israel. And, and he needs somebody to play music. And, and so they, 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 they tell him about this guy named David. And then David goes to serve the king. Notice this in 1 Samuel 16, verse 21. David went to Saul and began serving him. And he did it well. He did it with excellence. He did it with a servant's heart. How do you know, Herbert? Saul loved David very much. And then he gave him a, a promotion. And David became his armor bearer. David was faithful to serve in whatever season God had him in. He was anointed to be king. The spirit of God came upon him to be king. And yet he was still willing to go serve the king. Because serving is always key to your success. God honors servants. That's why I'm so proud of our church yesterday. We had our first ever serve day. And many of you went all throughout Oklahoma City, all throughout Indianapolis and the metro area, and, and we served people, the broken, the hurting, the lonely. We served in schools. We served the fire, fire department food. We, we served nursing homes. We served the homeless. We served so many people. Matter of fact, just look at the pictures of people serving yesterday. Served a, making a difference. Come on, can we give God some praise for, for the difference we made? Serving and serving people, serving people, serving people, loving people. Come on, we're serving people. That, that's what it's all about, having a servant's heart and making a difference and I just want to continue to remind our church that serving is key to your success. Matter of fact, yesterday some of you came alive serving in the community. And I just want to invite you, you may not even realize this, we have serving small groups, we have outreach groups. And if yesterday you came alive, you're like, "Woo, this is my thing. Man, we need to do this more. Some of you are like, "Woo, it's hot. Woo, Jesus, Lord, I'm glad we... I'm glad we're just doing this once a year. But, but some of you are like, yeah, yeah. And if that's you, would you join our outreach small groups? Here, all you got to do is text PC groups, grab your phone, text PC groups to 94000. And we'll get you connected to one of our outreach groups or starting your own outreach group. 
and you can start making a difference consistently in our community. Serving is key to your success. And let me just shout out all the Dream Team, all of you that serve faithfully week in and week out on Sundays and Wednesdays. I just want to say thank you for serving. Serving is key to your success. Serving is key to your success. Can we give a big shout out to all those working in the parking lot, all street greeters in 105 degree weather. They're out there with a smile on and serving in the parking lot. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, give it up for all of those serving outside in the heat. Thank you. Serving is key to your success. I'm not done yet. I want to teach you. You got to be faithful in the little things. Pastor, why are you teaching us this? Because you wonder why you're not defeating any giants. you got to be faithful in the little things. Number three is this. Be faithful with authority. Be faithful with authority. David was ready to overcome the giant because he was faithful with authority. 1 Samuel 17, verse 17. One day, Jesse, his dad, said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. This little, little small, little menial task. David, in verse number 20, says, so David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning. I mean, the very next morning, he, he, he went out with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. David was so faithful to obey his dad in the small things. And here's what you have to catch. His obedience, his submission to authority actually put him in position to defeat the giant. Can I tell you, it really does matter how we respond and lead with people that are over us. And all of us are under authority, but so many people in our culture today don't steward authority well. Matter of fact, David was such a man under authority that King Saul had tried to kill him on several occasions. And, and, and David had an opportunity to kill the king. He was asleep. This is his moment to kill this man who's been trying to kill him. And take a note of this. It's not going to show up on the screen. 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 9 through 11. 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 9 through 11. David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. The Lord will strike him or his time will come and he will die. All I want you to understand is that David understood what many people don't understand in our society today. Being faithful to honor authority is key to overcoming the giant problems we face in life. And this is so key because we just live in a society that everybody just hating on everybody. Nobody honors authority. I mean, we just, we're just a rogue society. I just want to remind you of what your Bible says. I know right now as I'm preaching, some of your underarm pits are sweating. Woo, pastor. But my job as your pastor is to help you overcome giants. And the Bible talks so much about authority, and it was one of the keys to David seeing victory over the giant. Let me give you a bunch of scriptures here. Take a picture of this. this uh, just, just several scriptures about authority and honoring authority and how God will bless you if you're a person that knows how to steward authority well. You, you get those, read those in your Bible. Matter of fact, I so believe in this. I still today to my elders say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. Some of y'all are like, yeah. You, you, have no, you have no idea how to steward authority in a way that honors God. Let me give you one more. You got to do the little things like the big things. One more, one more, one more. Be faithful with what you have. Be faithful with what you have. David was prepared to overcome the giant because he was faithful with what he had. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18. All of my students, all of my young adults, I want you to take this verse and I want you to study it this week. 
I want you to read it over and over again this week. Here's the verse. One day, the servant said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior, a man of war, and has good judgment. He is also a fine-looking young man, and the Lord is with him. David was faithful with what he had. I want you to notice he was faithful in developing his skills. The Bible says he was a, a harp player. He became a talented harp player. He was practicing his harp back there taking care of the sheep. Just working at church. And not only did he play the harp, he had another skill. He was a brave warrior, a man of war. I, I don't know how, how the word got out, but somehow David was faithful and just, he wasn't in the army, but yet he was known as a man of war, a brave warrior. Developing his skills. Are you developing your gifts? Are you developing your talents? Are you doing the little things right and growing with what God's already given you? He was faithful in developing his wisdom. The scripture says he was known for his good judgment. Are you growing in your wisdom? Are you reading the Bible and growing in wisdom? Are you in a small group growing in wisdom? Do you have mentors in your life that are developing your wisdom? Are you reading books and developing your wisdom? It says he was, he was faithful in making himself presentable. It says he was a fine-looking young man. Are you presenting yourself in a respectable way? Come on, you're not ready to overcome your giant. You won't even brush your teeth and floss. Come on, I'm your pastor. I'm your friend. I'm here to help you. Come on, are you taking care of your hygiene, doing your hair, taking showers, wearing clean clothes? Dressing for success, keeping your car clean. Ooh, pastor, you meddling right now. No, I'm trying to get you ready to overcome your giant. He was faithful with his relationship with God. That, that, one, that one verse is power packed. It says, the Lord was with, was with him. You see, Joseph, uh, excuse me, David was a man who, who honored God and worshiped God before he became king. And then after he became king, he was known as a worshiper. Man, are you a worshiper? Are you known as a man of God? Are you known as a woman of God? Come on, in today's service, did you lift your hands and just call out to God and say, I worship you. I magnify you in your quiet time. Are you magnifying God and worshiping God? Are you a worshiper? Do you give God praise? Be faithful with what you have is key to overcoming your giant. Number four, number four, number four. Let me give you the fourth strategy. The fourth strategy is this. Remember how God has helped you overcome giants in the past. So here's what I want to teach you. When you're getting ready to face this giant, I want you to take time to reflect on how God has helped you overcome past giants. That's what David did before he fought the giant. 1 Samuel 17, verse 34 through 36 says, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine David talking trash right there, y'all. This uncircumcised, I got to move on, though. I got to move on. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Come on, David was a bad boy. That brother's out there fighting lions and bears. And let me say this to you today. 
you have fought your own lions and your own bears. And God has helped you overcome some lions and bears in your past. Come on, I want you to think about the lions and the bears that you have overcome. Come on, think about how God brought you through that addiction. God, God brought you through that divorce. God, God, God healed your broken heart. God brought you through that abuse. God brought you through poverty. God brought you through that sickness. God helped you overcome that depression. God, God brought you through that anxiety. Come on, God gave you that job. God gave you that money. God gave you that house. God gave you that car. God gave you that family. God gave you those friends. God has brought you a mighty long way and the same God that helped you defeat the lion and the bear is going to help you defeat that uncircumcised giant. Come on, give God some praise that he's helped you in the past and will help you today. That's the kind of God we serve. Number five, number five, number five, I want to equip you to overcome a giant. Number five, realize the blessings that come from overcoming giants. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 26. David asked, David asked, David asked, David asked. The soldier standing nearby. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? David asked, what blessing is on the other side? of this giant. You need to ask that question today. What blessing is on the other side of that giant problem that you're facing? And I want you to listen to the previous verse as the army was talking amongst themselves and David did not hear what they said. First Samuel 17 verse 25 says, now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out he comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. You see, there are, there's always a blessing on the other side of your giant problem. You have to face your giant to get your blessing. You have to face your giant to get your blessing. People's church, face your giant problem because on the other side of that giant problem, for some of you, it's peace. On the other side of that giant problem is joy. It's progress. It's victory. It's a new season. On the other side of that giant problem is a financial breakthrough. It's your business going to a new level. It's your business getting started. It's your ministry getting started. It's a restored relationship. It's a better marriage. It's a better relationship with your children. It's finding your spouse. It's a promotion. It's a healing. I just want you to understand that on the other side of that giant you're facing is a blessing from God Almighty. Today in Jesus' name, you have the courage to go face that giant. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word. Thank you today 